Scott MacArthur, longtime Sportsnet 590 host and co-host of a new Blue Jays and baseball podcast with sports media legend Richard Griffin called Exit Philosophy, joins the Locked On Blue Jay podcast today to talk all sorts of topics about Toronto Blue Jay baseball. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays, absolutely thrilled to be joined by Scott MacArthur. Scotty Mac, thanks. And Scott, every time, you'd think I'd learn what it is by now. I never know, you know, I want to introduce you to the gentleman to my left, but I when it's on the screen, are you on my left? Are you on my, I haven't been smart enough to figure that part out of it yet, but but basically, uh, Scott is the one with the long, luxurious head of hair, and I'm the one with the... With, 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 <laughs> that's how, yeah, that's how you'll set us apart here. And probably baseball knowledge well uh, as well, that might be something that's going to set us apart also, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into all of that. But Scott MacArthur, welcome to the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast. Thank you for your time today. How are things in your world? I'm great, Craig, and uh, thank you for the introduction. Although baseball knowledge, we're 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 right together. I should apologize. I'm wearing an old school Chicago Cubs T-shirt on a Locked On Blue Jays podcast. So you caught me in the middle of a wash cycle. So this is what I just pulled out of the drawer today. So now I love my hometown team too. Is what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. Well, ironically, and and we'll get into some of this, but but Scott, isn't it? I mean. Baseball gods, okay, you got me on this one because it isn't one of the most perfect trades the Blue Jays can make at the deadline. Marcus Stroman and Julian Merriweather from those Cubs, by the way. I mean, just as a side note, wouldn't that because Julian Merriweather's killing it for that Cubs bullpen right now? And sure, okay, we'll, we'll get into those trades, but I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm giving you the benefit there, Scott. That no, you've just done some foreshadowing for our trades conversation here with that shirt. That, that, that's all it is. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Well, I, I'm thinking more Kyle Hendricks because, okay. Greg, I'm telling you right now, they're. Now, if I'm wrong, I'll come back on and just raise my hand and say <laughs> I'm wrong. But I would peg it at a less than 0% chance that that Blue Jays front office and Marcus Stroman ever reunite. So, <laughs> well, it's a good idea based on how Marcus has pitched this year. I think it's highly unlikely. Agreed. Agreed. And we will definitely get into that. I do want to start, Scott. It's the first question I'd like to ask my guests here, because I'd just like to get an idea of, of, of what you covet and sort of where your head is, is at as far as what's what's going to be important to the 2023, most important to the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays. So if I were to tell you, Scott, that uh, I've actually uh, been been to the future, I've actually seen and I've come back, uh, believe it or not, the, the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays, they win the World Series. If I say that to you, Scott, what's your initial instinct? Well, Craig, if that's the case, then X must have gone really well. What's your instinct on that, Scott? What's the X that must have gone really well then? Well, the X is that this front office did something, or I should use the proper tense, did some things uh, Ah. at the trade deadline uh, that are completely outside of this front office's typical approach and personality. Wow. Because this team needs a starting pitcher, this team needs at least one flame-throwing reliever, and this team needs a bat. And this team has a bottom bottom half of the bottom, or excuse me, a bottom half of the middle third ranked farm system mm. in Major League Baseball entering this season. I believe they were 20th out of out of 32 in the MLB.com rankings. And we know that there just really isn't anything uh, popping up uh, at the higher uh, levels 
in terms of being ready to make a major league impact. So I'm not sure how much divesting Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins are going to be willing to do from the farm system to really bolster this team. Uh, but if they do go on to win the World Series, it's because they were aggressive at the trade deadline and those moves helped uh, to to take this team further than it appears it will go right now. So, Scott, so let's let's talk touch on the trades then. So, you mentioned what 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 you want the Blue Jays to have there. So, the let, let's start in, in that rotation there. So, Hyunjin Ryu coming back, that's not potentially going to be enough. It's going to give them that six man rotation now. Part of the issue there, I mean, we've seen Gosman and Barrios this season be excellent with the extra day rest, but we've seen Bassett and Kikuchi be just uh, their worst starts were on the extra day's rest. So, I'm, so even I'm not even sure that that's a built-in, even if Ryu comes back and is effective. But could that be, we'll start in, with the rotation, could that be the arm, Scott, that you're referring to? Or, or have you already calculated that in and said, nope, Craig, uh-uh, there still needs to be more added to this rotation? Well, I mean, when I imagine here as we sit on a Saturday morning and chat the morning after Alec Manoa's return starting yeah. Detroit. We'll get, we'll get into that. You could make the argument that Manoa and Ryu stand a chance to be two arms to create a six man rotation. My hesitation is that there are clearly no promises with Manoa hmm. and with, with Hyunjin Ryu, he's coming off of Tommy John, as we know, and even though he will be entering the window where the return is possible, there typically is an even longer window before the pitcher, quote, finds his stuff again. Mm. So if if Ryu, and, and I know Ryu is not relying on a 98 or 99 mile an hour <laughs> fastball with precise location. He's not that type of pitcher, never has been. Um, but but I... I think any expectation on Ryu above every sixth day for four or five innings is unfair to him at this point. So it could possibly be that Hyunjin Ryu is that arm, but I do think you have to factor in the strong likelihood that you're going to need about 12 outs or more from your bullpen on any given day that Ryu starts. So, and again, you know, what's his stuff going to be like? So with both Manoa and Ryu being question marks, that's why I feel they need to go and get another arm uh, for the rotation. I, they also need help in the bullpen, in my opinion. But they, they, they need – that's why I think they need help in, in the rotation as well. And we'll get to the bullpen in a second. just want to stay in the rotation for a moment here. Now, what do you see – uh, Scott, from Alec Manoa the rest of the season as far as the need from a Toronto Blue Jay standpoint. And what I mean is, is I'm still very in the camp that we're going to see Alec Manoa, Alec Manoa, the Alec Manoa that, that, that we know and love from, from 2021 and 2022. I'm a firm believer that we still see that picture, but I'm acknowledging it might be a process to get to that point. So what do you think the Blue Jays need out of Manoa? Do, do they need him to, hey, Craig, they, they need him back to that one or that two ASAP or with, with, the, the veterans in this rotation right now, and to your point, especially if, if a move is going to be made at the trade deadline to add somebody, can the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays still be, you know, still accomplish what what their high end to accomplish is if Alec Manoa th for the rest of this season is more like a three or a four, more like that guy like you just described with Ryu, where you can you can run him out there every fifth, sixth day, but no, you're going to get five and you're going to be happy if you get six. Whereas Alec Manoa, Alec Manoa, right? We're looking for that seven or that eight innings. So what do you see? 
not just from Manoa, but from the Blue. What do you think the Blue Jays need from this guy going forward? Well, the Blue Jays need him to go out there every fifth or sixth day on schedule and not implode and kill their bullpen. Mm-hmm. So if Alec Manoa returns to last season's form, that is the cherry on top of the whipped cream on top of the Kawartha Dairy <laughs> Sunday, right? Like that, that would be heavenly because you really do already have an ace in, in Kevin Gosman. So if you ended up with a one-two punch where both guys were legitimate aces and then you had Barrios and Bassett in whatever order you want to mm. put them falling in underneath, all of a sudden it looks quite nice. That would be, that would be the best case scenario. But I really think all they need from Manoa is him going out there on his start day and getting them into the middle of the game with a chance to win. Now, his bar in terms of expectations is excruciatingly high because of how well he pitched both in 21 after his call-up in late May and, and last year where he finished top three in the Cy Young voting. But what they really need is somebody who's not going to destroy their bullpen every fifth day. And that's where they got to with Manoa in early June when they finally had to pull the plug. Because it just, you know, if you're if you're going out there every fifth day and kikuchiing, um, you know, five, maybe six, you've given up two or three bombs, but they're of the solo or two-run home run variety. Mm-hmm. And the game is 4-2 for you or for the other team. You got a chance to win. And your starting pitcher, Kikuchi in the example I'm offering here, has given you that chance to win the ball game. But when it's 8 to nothing, and you've gotten four outs and John Schneider's coming out with the hook in the second inning <laughs> and you need 24 outs or whatever my math is off a little bit, but you need 20-plus outs from a series of relievers, and you don't have an off day from here to kingdom come, it's <laughs> it's not functional. Um, and mm. so, you know, with Manoa, look, I, I, I do believe his return in Detroit is an indictment on the front office. I've been hammering them for this. they got no depth. They've got no depth in the uh, on the pitching staff. Um, and and I would even argue uh, they really haven't drafted and developed a player of significance positional-wise, not named Vladdy, although that was an Alex signing, but he was developed by this front office, to be fair, and Bo Bichette. So so where's where's the development with everything we hear about what's gone on in Dunedin and, and, and all of that? Um, you know, Manoa's back because they can't keep running the four other starters ragged and they don't have any other alternative at this point. If Manoa comes back and succeeds and clearly he did, he had a he got the first two outs in the first inning last night and then looked a little sketchy but escaped <laughs> and then settled in very nicely. If he comes back and continues to perform well, and we know he will face better competition than the Detroit Tigers. Gee, yes. <laughs> um, then, then that's great. But the fact he has returned as quickly as he has, given what he went through, I think is more of a reflection of the lack of depth in the organization uh, than it is necessarily the right timing. But if Alec comes back and pitches well every time out, then that shuts me up and I won't speak of it again. 
More with Scott MacArthur in just a moment here. We're about to get into Dalton Var show and the bullpen. But first, I wanted to talk about the fact that buying tickets to your favorite sport events, well, and or, or any events, really, it shouldn't be stressful. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater, you name it, near you. Killer deals on last-minute tickets and the buy, best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped about the fun you're going to have. In my own personal experience, I've used it many times this season, and everydayers will know. I've, I've often talked about the fact that I don't like going to the Toronto Blue Jay games, but that has changed in 2023. I like the renovations a lot. Yes, absolutely. But the Game Time app just makes it so easy to get the tickets. It's literally two clicks, and you're done. The tickets come right to your phone, so you're not fumbling around. You know, when you, when you get there, you show your phone to the ticket taker, and you enjoy your event. It is that easy. And for somebody like me, I need it to be that easy. That's why I've used the Game Time app several times, and we'll continue to do so the game time guarantee is something i really appreciate as well and that means you're always going to get the best price because if you find tickets in the same section or in the same section and same role for less then game time is going to credit you 110 percent of the difference i mean it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason snag tickets without the stress with game time Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code Locked on MLB. That's going to get you $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Now, again, create an account and redeem the code Locked on MLB for $20 off. Downtown, downtown, download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Now, Scott and I get into some Dalton Var show and a whole lot of bullpen talk. <laughs> Where are you on Dalton Var show, Scott? I'm not... I'm not anywhere because I'm not surprised. I mean, mm. if you look at his splits in Arizona last year, he couldn't hit left-handers, and he's a left-handed hitter. True. So then he becomes a platoon guy, and if you look at his OPS against righties last year, you see that it's slightly north of 800, but a lot of it's slug. Mm. I think he had like a 317 OBP and a 484 slug against right-handed pitchers last year, so... There's a lot of power against right-handers that accounts for that OPS and not a whole lot of on-base. So I, I don't know what, what the reasonable expectation of Dalton Varsho was offensively. It's inarguable between Varsho and Kiermaier that the off-field defense has yeah. significantly improved, especially when it comes to uh, tracking fly balls and and covering gaps and down the line and just just plugging the holes that that seem to spring up um, all the time last year. So uh, young player, as you said, controllable. Um, you know, not a free agent for another three seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Maybe four, but I think it's three. Yeah. So room for growth, um, without question, offensively. A good ball player who, on a good team, is hitting six or seven. Uh, it would be my assessment of it. And if he gets on a bit of a heater and he's got eight home runs in a month against right-handed pitchers, then maybe uh, against right-handed starters, you bump him up to cleanup or five or whatever. But he's he's like a not he's not a top third of the order guy, and and is what he is um, until he shows us he can get on base. 34% of the time on the whole, he can't get on base 34% of the time on the whole. So that shouldn't be our expectation until he, until he starts to show it consistently. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays, here with Scott MacArthur. Scott, we were talking earlier about the bullpen, and, and you're mentioning you definitely want to see some upgrades there at the trade deadline. 
So, so Scott, you, so I guess you're not of the opinion that that the improvements to the bullpen could be in house, like with Zach Pop returning, a Chad Green. Yeah, Scott, I'm still dreaming about Ricky Tiedemann joining this bullpen. At, at the, I, I realize that's you know far fetched, and hey, Craig, keep dreaming, you, you know, get it right. But I, I still haven't abandoned that 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 hope anyway. So, so Scott, I do wonder if improvements to the bullpen can be in house. Trevor Richards now back in that bullpen as well. What are you seeing in this bullpen that's making you say, well, you know what, Craig, even with all that said, there is definitely another. And by the way, we shouted out Pat Gillick earlier. Scott, can we take a quick second and shout out Tim Meza? Tim Meza has been outstanding this season for the Toronto Blue Jays, by the way. But but go ahead, Scott. Ball is yours. Where, where are you on the bullpen? What are you thinking? Tim Meza has been fantastic. And I am a participant in a uh, computer sim league mm-hmm. that Mike Wilner has put together with a bunch of people. And so we play every year based on the previous year's statistics and Tim Meza is in my bullpen. So every time he goes out there and has a three up three down inning, I'm looking at him as one of my true leverage guys in our 2024 geek Beautiful. league as we call it geek league season Beautiful. next year. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I, I just, I would like to see, I, I'm big on Swanson, but he wasn't available, as we found out. He wasn't available in Chicago for the doubleheader because he's wiped. Oh, I mean, man. They're, they're using these guys uh, and have had to use these True. guys um, a lot. Uh, I think Swanson's had a generally terrific season. Uh, Jordan Romano leads the league in saves, and I won't take that away from him. Um, and I do not have my bulletproof vest here because I don't own one. Uh, and I know he's from Markham, and I know we rally around our good local and Canadian guys, and I am not crapping on Jordan Romano here, but I don't have the Tom Hankey, Dwayne Ward mm. vibes when he takes them out. I I don't, and I'm not the I, – I, I text people who have been in the game or who remain in the game and around the game to check in to see if I'm just crazy. And they're like, he's a good closer. But I understand why you feel the way that you do. Mm. And sometimes he just hangs a slider. Or sometimes there's just, there's a dick shot fastball there that, you know, that, that, that goes a long way off the bat. And so, you know... We can debate this, but Jordan Romano with a one-run lead nails down to the cuticle. You know, that's just how it's going to be for me. I'm not taking anything away from him. I think he's a wonderful story. Spent all those years in the minors. Rule five, brought back, suddenly dominant. It's a great story. Local kid, always rooting for him. But I, I just think another elite arm. Now, if Chad Green comes in as a as a higher leverage guy. And, and, and helps to backfill there. Tim Mays, as you said, has been excellent. Nate Pearson throws the crap out of the ball. There are one or two too many 395-foot fly ball outs for my comfort level. Mm-hmm. Um, but sure. there's no denying the stuff. I, I just think you can't have enough. Okay. And if you if you have assessed this team to be a legitimate World Series contender, and really it's Mark Shapiro's and Ross Atkinson's opinions who matter here more than yours or mine or anybody else's because they're the ones who are eventually going to either make moves or not. But if if you have assessed this team as a legitimate World Series contender and as 
the implosion against Seattle in game two last year would remind you, um, you can never have enough Hmm. and you you go get another guy who throws 98, 99 or a hundred. And I know it's hard to do and it's easier said than done. And the demand always outweighs the supply, but I'm not making six or whatever the hell a million dollars a year to run this team. Mark Shapiro, Ross Atkins are getting paid well to figure (laughs) out how to do this. Go do it. So Scott, you're looking big game hunting then. So, so for me at the, at the trade deadline, I, I'm really I'm thinking it's going to be a little bit more uh, around the edges, and that's because of something you mentioned earlier. I just can't see at, with the, with the third wild card. I mean, almost everybody makes the playoffs these days, right? Well, and all, everybody thinks they're in contention. So this is going to be a seller's market at the trade deadline, and I just can't see the Blue Jays having all kinds of players that other teams covet and are interested in. I really, really, really hoped that Biggio and Espinal would do well to start the season so that they could yeah. be guys. And they've both been good lately, but we're still in a case where the other we, we have to find another organization that still covets Biggio, that still believes in Biggio. You know, we can, there's something in there we can fix, maybe similar with Espinal. So for me, Scott, you're talking about moving on, not moving on, but, but having another closer there instead of Romano. That's that's big game hunting. That that's for me, Scott. That's got to involve Ricky Tiedemann. So now I'm getting very nervous. So what are you thinking at the trade deadline? Who who are you thinking other teams might 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 covet on this roster in in these minors? Yeah, well, I, I mean, the, the guys in the minor leagues who who I think would have value uh, are probably or the highest value, of course, are the guys the Jays are least likely to want to part with, mm-hmm. in, in no small part because they just don't have a lot of top-end prospects at this point, and the people that they're really counting on down the road are still in the lower-ish levels of of the minor leagues. And we've also had, in terms of guys they could acquire, we've, we've had some unexpected things happen. Like, suddenly the Cincinnati Reds are a good team. Jeez. Right? You know, suddenly the New York Mets aren't. Uh, suddenly the Arizona Diamondbacks, and I love it because Tori Lavallo survived. Usually a manager who goes up with a team, falls down with a team, gets chopped off at the fall. But they kept him around, and now they're on the bat, uh, the upswing again. So good for Tori Lavallo, who was a very popular coach when, when he was here in Toronto, a yeah. uh, longtime baseball guy. And, uh, and and so suddenly Arizona's good. Suddenly the St. Louis Cardinals Jeez. are absolutely horrible. <laughs> so, you know, it, 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 it makes for an interesting... And can the St. Louis Cardinals admit to themselves mm. that, it's, that it's over? Um, but then they're playing in a crappy division. So maybe, maybe it's not over for them. Um, and, and, and do you want to take a run at a guy like Jordan Hicks? I don't know. The guy throws 103 miles per hour, but he's got as much of a likelihood of Rick Ang killing the thing to the backstop as he does putting it where the catcher sets his mitt. So, you know, I, I just, I just think you got to get creative. I don't know if you replace Jordan Romano as the closer, but I think you want to strengthen what's around him so that you're not running Eric Swanson into the ground. And, you know, Tim Mays is a guy who I think John Schneider and the 19 people with binders who advise John Schneider have done a have done a really good job of finding places where Mesa 
can get his groove. And now all of a mm. sudden we're not hearing about the Mesa windows and we need to, we need <laughs> to find a place where Mesa can face two left-handed hitters in a three-man set. It's kind of like Tim Mesa's is good now. So let's just throw him out there and leverage and trust that he's going to succeed. And he, mm -hmm. he often does. So yeah, if it, you know, if it all comes internal, but, but again, Craig, like the Chad Greens and stuff, Greens a very good reliever, but he's coming off a very serious injury. So can you trust between Manoa and Ryu and Chad Green, two of those three coming off significant injuries, the other coming off a significant mental, and I would argue as well, physical reset in season? Mm -hmm. Can you count on those guys being the people to account for the whole filling that on the pitching staff? Um, and because I would also argue they need another bat. <laughs> More with Scott MacArthur in just a moment as we're going to finish the show deep diving the workload we've seen so far from the Toronto Blue Jay bullpen. Now, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, you name it, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. Therapy can help you with learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for people who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnMLB. And to your point, Scott, you talk about Eric Swanson not even available for that entire doubleheader. I mean, he's at, at 41 appearances. His career high is 57. I yep. mean, holy moly. I mean, holy moly. And right. Uh, and he and and how many of those, Craig, have 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 been come in with two outs, get the last yeah. hitter in an inning, and then not return? Mm -hmm. Probably zero. Mm -hmm. If there's one, I'll stand corrected or two, but I don't recall that. Yeah, no, they're yeah, they're they're looking for him to if they need a big out in the seventh and then carry the day in the eighth as well. Yeah. He's getting right. a, a like Tim Meza has way more appearances than innings pitched. So he's not yeah. averaging an, in, yeah. uh, an inning per appearance because they found ways uh, to uh, earlier in the season when they were still unsure about where Meza was, they, they found ways to effectively use him. That may change in the second half if he keeps pitching this well, but Eric Swanson is like, he's out there for three or four outs. Right. So and that's where relief. That's why relievers. Yeah. That's why relievers year over year are so. Anytime you have a Mariano Rivera who's just elite every year, that's the outlier. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I mean, Mesa. 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 It's funny. I go to Baseball Reference just to remind myself. Something. Mesa had a better year last year. Not a great year, but a better year last year than it felt. But he he yeah. struggled badly against right-handed hitters. And gave up a few bombs at untimely times and all that. And and so, so you know, it's hard to get a read on relievers sometimes and where exactly they are, eye test versus what the statistics mm -hmm. actually say. 
Yeah, it's so volatile, the back of the bullpen. The example I use, Scott, is is Brett Cecil, former Blue Jay. He he was the worst reliever you've ever seen in your life. Then the very next season, he set every reliever record there is. He was the greatest thing ever. St. Louis gives him that big contract. He's right back to being the worst thing you've ever seen. It's volatile. The back of that bullpen, there's just no doubt about it. And just as a follow-up to what Scott and I were talking about there, about the workload that we've seen from this bullpen, because I am excited to get a Zach Pop back in the mix, to get a Chad Green back in the mix. I still haven't given up my hope that Ricky Tiedman can come back in the mix. But certainly two, not not all three, but probably two of those guys do need to come back and work out for the Blue Jays, or, or I'm right with Scott. They're going to need to add an arm at the trade deadline. And I say that not because I've been unhappy. I've been very pleased with the bullpen in, in the first half, you know, prior to the all-star break. But when you really get into the nitty gritty, I mean, Eric Swanson, his career high was last season, 57 appearances. A dozen of those were less than one inning. Uh, Scott and I were talking about how Eric Swanson doesn't seem to come in for the, you know, the, the one or two batters. The Jays are asking him to go at least one inning, if not get them four or five outs, you know, more often than not, but for sure, at least the one inning. So a dozen of his 57 appearances last season, Seattle asked him to go less than an inning. He's already at 42 appearances for the Blue Jays so far this season as we're in the All-Star break. Only three of those 42, the Blue Jays have asked him to go less than one inning of work. So Eric Swanson, and if you look at the splits, his first 20 appearances versus his most recent 22 appearances, wow, wow, wow. There there could, could well be some signs of fatigue setting in. So again, looking for some depth in this bullpen. Tim Meza. On 41 appearances already. I talk about Swanson at 42. Mays is at 41. I mean, he's on pace for a career high. So you have Nate Pearson, who's already at his career high for appearances. You have Eric Swanson on pace for his career high in appearances. You have Tim Meza on pace for his career high in appearances. You have Jordan Romano on pace for his career high in appearances. Even Yimmy Garcia. I know Jimmy Garcia, right? And he used to insist it was Jimmy. Now I think he insists it's Jimmy. So even Jimmy Garcia is on pace for a career high in appearances. So really, I mean, Zach Pop, Chad Green, please, please come back healthy and effective. I would love to see Ricky Tienman as part of this bullpen as well. But as as Scott and I were looking at and talking about what sort of relief pitcher can the Blue Jays bring in because the asking prices are going to be sky high and our team's going to be super excited about what the Toronto Blue Jay organization currently has to offer. Hmm. Well, that's a wrap for Tuesday's Locked On Blue Jay podcast. More with Scott MacArthur coming up later on this week. And Steve Hunter from Blue Jays Fan UK joins us this week. I mean, the life of a Blue Jay fan across the pond is we're fans, like, you know, I don't want to take anything away from our fandom, but wow, they, they, they're fans all the way down to having to, to, to plan their life around. These games start at, at, at midnight, you know, 2 a.m. I mean, <laughs> these guys are every bit as hardcore as we are as fans. We have a great conversation uh, with Steve to look forward to this week. Keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network and check out Sully hosting Locked On MLB. Enjoy tonight's all-star game. We usually say go Jays go. I mean, just, you know, go Jays go as far as uh, representing the Blue Jays really well tonight in the all-star game. We can certainly say that. And we'll talk tomorrow.